0: Hi there, I'm Robert Netgen, host of the Information Security Podcast. Today, we are live from the Information Security Summit 2019 event in Cleveland, Ohio, where thought leaders and industry experts come together for three days of intriguing discussion, networking, and learning. Not only do we have a, a special guest, we have our first return guest to the podcast, and that's Mr. Kevin Baker. You were on the podcast last year. Yes, I was. In fact, you were actually at the Front Porch Studios in Lakewood for one of our special promo podcasts. Yeah, that was really cool. It was very cool. (laughs) And it's a delight to have you back for a second year of podcasting for the Information Security Summit. Thank
1: you, Robert. Um, It's a pleasure to be here.
0: And you are definitely revered as a thought leader in this area. I'm speaking from my own knowledge of you and, and, and our peers hold you in high esteem. You're in a management position. You are a chief information security officer. Actually,
1: I guess you would call me the chief information security officer emeritus, as I am retiring from my current position and moving on to another uh, another venture in the next couple of months. This so, this is huge for yeah, you. It is. This, it is huge, and I'm but I'm very excited about it. As you
0: think about your career as being a CISO, and that's not an easy thing. A chief information
1: security officer, and
0: it's really a it's a position that did not exist. Not that long
1: ago. Yes, and as has been said here already, you're really not a chief and you're really not an officer. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. All the responsibility, but none
0: of the ability to follow through on the responsibility. Yeah,
1: I think it takes a lot of science and a
0: lot of art. It's really not just a techie thing, and it's really not just a Def- executive
1: thing. Definitely not. It's a very well-rounded position that requires a very well-rounded person. And I, I think that uh, the, the period of time that I came into security, which would have been the late 90s, so what were you doing back then? When you came into security, what was what was your role? Well, I spent a little bit more than a decade working in polymer laboratory and just simply embedded in computing systems and operating systems. I moved from there into a... Uh,
0: you were one uh, of the IT folks.
1: Yeah, yeah. I worked in a, you know, I was a polymer technician and working with a lot of technology. And then based on the knowledge of that technology, moved into over to Diebold, where I worked at a time when all ATMs were OS2, Warp 4, and dial-up. And I was there as they transitioned to Windows and TCP IP with all of the peril that resulted from that. The uh, first internet banking sites, the first ATM jackpot, the first... First, there's first. ATM first. jackpot. Yeah. yeah,
0: that that sounds like a very yeah. uh, interesting like a metaphor.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a is, game. Is that
0: where somebody walks up to an ATM
1: and it starts spitting out Spits money? Spits all of its money out. But yeah. it, but it wasn't just a random thing. It was a deliberate Correct. attack on Correct. the ATM. So I mean, uh, I learned security. I was given the experience of the very first pieces of pain that came as a result of, of uh, digitizing information and digital controls of things. So I was lucky, and I, I think my experience would be hard to replicate today, And which is a reason why I, I try and major on giving back to people trying to come into the industry who won't have those experiences. Things have, have grown to the place where you learn more out of books and you learn more out of listening to other people instead of uh, you know your own hair catching on fire.
0: You, you were in the pioneer days yeah,
1: yeah, of yeah. information I, I, I security. I would say so, yeah.
0: And, uh, and, you know, they say about the pioneers, they're the ones with
1: the arrows in their back. <laughs> yeah. You got a few of those arrows. I did. I had a lot. I learned uh, information security uh, partially by doing it wrong, and suffering the consequences of it. So you know. now,
0: when you do those things, this is where leadership is meaningful. And how do you deal with both the people above you and the people below you when when you deal with those learning experiences in information security?
1: I think the one of the important aspects is just keep. Stay calm, keep your head and think through what you're gonna say before you say it. Don't let your career be driven by the emotion of the moment try not to be someone who simply reacts to what happens, Uh, spend some time thinking ahead and thinking ahead about what you will say in the elevator to the CEO and thinking about also maintaining that relationship with the people who are the hands on the keyboard people. Relationships are so important, both up and down the ladder. Yeah. You, You have to be the glue. That's one of the big jobs of a CISO. You have to be the glue that connects two sections of people who don't speak the same language. So if somebody wants to build a cybersecurity team, how do you
0: do that? I mean, you've done it. You've pioneered building cybersecurity teams, information security teams.
1: How, how, does, how does someone do that in an organization? Well, having done it three times and been part of a, a team that was well built when it was built, I think if I would give advice now, it would be for, uh, that you need to understand how is that team going to be successful in the company. Before you start building, where is it sitting in the company and is it going to have a chance to be successful? Today, with so many offers that people who, who do security can get and go anywhere and get a job anywhere, doesn't mean it's going to be a good job and simply getting a group of people together in a room and giving them tasks does not make them a team. And it does not mean that they will accomplish security. So realizing that your job as the whatever you're called of security that's leading the team is you have to have relevance to the organization. That's your job. You'll, never be, you'll probably never be as smart as the people on your team, but you owe it to them to make sure the risks they identify at the bottom of the organization get all the way to the top of the organization.
0: Do you ever encounter egos when dealing with information security issues? every
1: day and
0: how do those play into dealing with information I mean you have the technology and that's that's a challenge in and of itself but then you have to deal with people and that's a different kind of a challenge yeah
1: instead of looking at it negatively and saying what am I gonna do with this person you know who who is a challenge I, I'm thinking of three individuals right now who were challenging people when I first encountered them and who are now among my best friends partners and proponents and how how did that happen? I would say it happened more by listening than it did by talking, not being totally silent. You know, you can't be passive. You have to understand that there are times and you're gonna to have to say things that you know, you have a fiduciary responsibility to the company. You have a code of ethics as a security professional. You can't be passive. But on the other hand, you can listen to the other side of the story and you can collaborate and you can compromise and you can move the ball forward even if you don't get the best of what you want and I think when people see that they react to it they they don't really care what you know information security people tend to lead with trying to reveal everything they know but people don't care what you know until they know that you care knowing you personally I I, I can say this I mean
0: that's really descriptive of Kevin Baker, your passion goes beyond just doing the job. You, you are passionate about information security. You also mentioned ethics. You are passionate about ethics, too. I mean, outside of your day job, you're very active in your church. You're very active in the community. You're very active about doing what is right. And I'm, I'm just talking about you because I know you. You weave all of these things together in what you're doing. And, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself that you as a leader, that's part of your makeup, and that's part of what has made you successful in cybersecurity. I
1: think that you can, to, to be a leader, people have to believe that you're interested in, in them. When I went to Westfield, I had five people, repurposed IT people who had security tasks to do, but there was no really formal program. There was a, They were doing a lot of good things, but there was no formal program. One of the first times I got them together, I said, I would like for all of you to quit your job and get a career, and I'll help you. And I, I immediately began to, to communicate to them that what information security was offering them was more than this job, that it was there was a larger community-based thing, thing something that's good for them, good for the company, good for the community, good for the country. And if you project from back then till now. Uh, let's face it, we're waging a war against other governments from our workplace.
0: We are indeed, because some of our adversaries, they're not just necessarily bad guys, they're nation states.
1: That's right. That's right. So what's good for information security is what's good for America.
0: It's literally, and and not just satirically, not just dramatizing it, there literally is an an element of patriotism in what they're doing as security professionals. I mean, that's a very interesting way of looking at it.
1: Well, I've kind of always felt about it that way, that this is part of what I owed to the community. So I think that that fiduciary responsibility to the company and that patriotic view of things going forward require that at some times you have to draw lines in the sand. You do have to take a stand. You can't, you know, information security has gone through this phase where, you know, we said, first we were the Knights who said no. And then they said, Hey, you have to talk like the business. And so all the CISOs went out and got an MBA and, you know, learned to talk business language. And that's all good. That's all very positive. But that doesn't mean that you are to help the business aim the gun at their own foot and then pull the hammer back for them. I mean, you, there are times when you have to take a stand. It should be a reasonable stand. It should be based on facts and on, on the the true state of the risk. And don't feel like you are in any position of power, but rather that you're in a position to help them to make well-informed choices about what they're going to do next and empower their business. Information
0: security is often seen as an IT problem in many companies, but as we've heard more than one individual say at this conference, information security is, is not an IT function per se. What, what do you see as the relationship between information technology and, and a cyber team
1: organization? I think they are interdependent and cannot be successful without one another. I think I'm definitely a believer that there should be a, uh, a diverse reporting structure. I don't think that the head of security should report to the head of IT. Now, that's actually you call
0: textbook in the yeah. CISSP. What
1: is. what is the conflict of interest between IT and information security? Part of it is that you are incented in IT for entirely different things that you are incented for in information security. It's There's
0: that get-it-done-now-down Yeah, it's time, in IT. it's time,
1: it's money and where,
0: function. Where, whereas those competing goals, somebody in, in IT thinks, darn it, those security people are gonna slow me down.
1: Yeah, but the, but the worst thing you, you could ever do is give the security team too much power, you know, because... Oh, so there's a balance. Yeah, absolutely, and you, you have to consciously create something that can be balanced. And to create something that can can be balanced. You've got to take the emotion out of it, you got to take the personality out of it, out of it, but you can't lose the passion. The IT people are passionate and and you should not kill that passion. The security people are also passionate. It's a different passionate, but if you do anything that that takes the the juice out of either team, one side or the other is going to fail.
0: You've seen a lot of things change in your career from the 90s till now in information security. what If you were to prognosticate, what, what kind of trends do you see occurring? Technology, compliance, threats? I mean, what,
1: what do you see the future bringing us? Well, certainly there's a lot more compliance than there used to be to the point where it's driving the program and it shouldn't. You know, there's too many conflicting legislative and regulatory things that people have to study. They have their, their compliance team gets bigger than their operations team. So more compliance is not better. Curiously, I am seeing things repeat themselves. You know, back in the early 2000s, websites would get hacked and defaced, and it was for creds, you know, or, or, or for spite. Uh, and we're actually seeing that recur, as we see destructive attacks like NotPetya and and other wipers are coming back, like who thought that was gonna come back? I think there's a recurrence over time of things that we saw early on but didn't make money. Now they figured out how to do that same thing but still make money on it. The advent of a globally digitized community has added an international element that brought this into politics. And now uh, so much of what's going wrong has to do with somebody's politics, good or bad. And, I, and to me it, that doesn't matter what the politics are. It's the fact that it's impinging upon resources. In fact, if you think about crime, politics, and passionate belief in a system, those three things are are driving the breaches of today. And that's getting back closer to simply what drives human nature. It's really not technology, is it? It's just humans doing what they've always done with a lot more computing power behind them to do it.
0: That's a profound thought. I mean there is an element of psychology in there. Humans doing what humans have always done. You know, they France. they would be friends or they would be foes and they use the things of their era. And that's been going on for thousands of years and we're still doing friends or foes with the elements of
1: our era today
0: which is now technology over the internet.
1: The protection rackets are alive and well in ransomware because they found out a way to monetize holding your data against you. Pretty soon I hope it doesn't happen, but I could foresee a time when, just like in the slums of New York, somebody would come around and say, "If you pay me this amount of money, I'll make sure nobody else hurts you. You know, I'm the good guy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna protect you." When in fact, you are just being drained of your resources, just like the old, you know, uh, uh, organized crime did. They've just, they've just digitized uh, the protection rackets.
0: We've moved from organized crime to organized cybercrime.
1: Yes, yes. But it's the same crime. Profound. There's more money in that, I think, today than there is in stealing things, because it's harder and harder to get rid of the things you steal. So if people steal things, it's usually because they simply want to expose them.
0: Kevin, if someone wants to follow you or, or get in touch with you, or perhaps even on your new venture, how do they find Kevin Baker? in uh, the next phase of Kevin Baker?
1: Well, you can, uh, I think probably LinkedIn. I'm Kevin Lee Baker on LinkedIn. There's a lot of Kevin Bakers, but there's only one Kevin Lee Baker, you know? So if you hit the Kevin that sounds like his name is an adjective, that's me, you know? And uh, reach out to me, let them know you heard me here on this podcast. I'd be I'd be glad to reach back out to them and uh, and have a conversation.
0: Kevin, it was a delight once again to speak with you. Thanks for joining us on the Information Security Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, you can listen to more from the Information Security Summit 2019, featuring keynotes and behind the scenes interviews with some of the summit speakers by subscribing to the Information Security Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app, or go to informationsecuritysummit.org. We'd like to give special thanks to our sponsors, ASMGI and Bright Skies, This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. Thanks for listening. Until next time,
1: stay secure.